Hello everyone, and welcome to Visalia Unified's Equity and Student Services Department. On this podcast, we will be talking with educators, support providers, and administrators on how they incorporate equity and SEL into today's educational system. Hello, Liz. Hello. How are you? Doing great. Thank you. Very good. Thank you for doing this and joining us. No problem. My pleasure. Appreciate it. So I'm going to um, ask you a couple questions here. We're, we try to keep it right around 15 minutes or so to keep it kind of short to the point. Um, I'm going to kind of move a little bit from the standard questions more towards uh, adult equity and, and social emotional learning because you're an administrator, so you probably work a little bit more with adults than, than teachers normally would. So I'm going to kind of taper the questions a little bit that way. Sounds good. All right. So first off, if you could just tell everybody, you know, who you are, where you're at, how long you've been in education. Okay. My name is Liz Serrato. I am currently the principal at Washington Elementary. This is my fifth year as a principal, seven as an administrator, and 25 in education. Wow. That's that's fantastic. <laughs> a long time. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to... Um, dip into the first question about SEL, social emotional learning. Mm-hmm. And the main thing I want to ask you is, is how has that impacted your daily or weekly routines? So we work in a highly impacted, low socioeconomic um, community. So um, we have a little bit of the, um, the transferring of trauma from my students onto my teachers. So for us, doing SEL uh, for adults is critical. Um, we um, start all of our meetings with somehow of a check-in for adults. We make sure that our um, staff development has always something embedded through SEL. In fact, uh, last year, um, we did um, a series for adults on how to deal with the, the trauma that we get from our students and then how do we take care of ourselves because we were seeing burnout, we were seeing a lot of the, um, the uh, behaviors that you see in the kids with the teachers as well. And for me, it's critical to have a healthy adult that is able to kind of, um, you know, understand how trauma has the effect on us, even though we didn't suffer directly. So um, we embed those types of trainings on a week, on a bi-monthly basis. And uh, we make sure that we check in with the teachers all the time. We have this um, check-ins that we do through text and we um, have this um, also um, your check-in buddy where somebody can just be checking oh. in. We're checking in each other. So to make sure that we are. Um... Can you hear me? I can. We kind of lost you there for a minute, but now you're back. Okay. We're good. So where you left off there, what I heard was you had a check-in buddy. Yeah. So that's that's another staff member that they, mm-hmm. they Oh, that's a great idea. Okay. They make and- commitments, actually. They take it a little bit above and beyond that. Um, they have somebody that they check in with, but it is somebody also that says, okay, um, you need to make sure that this is your to-do activity. These are the things that you need to be doing to make sure that you take care of yourself. And so they right. make a commitment to be checking on each other and reminding each other of that. Oh, that's fantastic. That's great. So have you seen that? impact into the classroom like transfer from adult SEL have you seen those practices 
actually come into the classroom now. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, I have maybe 100% of my teachers, I can tell you that they are embedding SEL in everything that they do. In fact, um, when we talk about we don't have enough minutes in the day to teach student distance learning, and unanimously, the teachers have said, well, we can't let go of ESL. We got right now, our kids are suffering so much trauma. They, they are not socializing. They don't have the outlets that perhaps the adults have. So we need to make sure that this doesn't go away. So um, we are seeing that teachers are reacting differently also to student trauma, where we're being more empathetic. We are being a little bit more conscientious of how to deal with student behavior because we understand a little bit better. Right, right. Do you think there's a difference between years past and this year, being that we're fully distance learning? You know what? As far as trauma, <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's, so we're it's kind of that's kind of a loaded question, but you know, it's one that needs to be asked because you know, you compare prior to you know to current. Definitely. So I'm going to be very honest with you. Um, teaching academics has taken a second seat for me right now. Right now is making sure that my teachers feel secure in their teaching, learning this new technology, making them feel safe to try new things. And me constantly being checking in on them. Um, I tell them, I said, I'm available to you until midnight. If you need to just text and talk, I'm here. Um, um, if you just are having trouble with the computer, call me. So I am running in and out of classroom for teachers that are here on campus. Um, I have seen a little bit of the, um, the work that we have done. It's kind of, um, serving us well right now, but it's a different level now where I have to tell teachers, remember, we are doing these small goals. And once we accomplish this small goal, we'll go to something bigger. And so it's just coaching each other. And when they see me at my wit's end, they say, remember this. <laughs> now they're helping me as well. So we are a very strong support to each other. But we are facing the challenge of um, connecting with our students. And that is the biggest concern right now. In fact, I was talking to my teachers today because I'm planning uh, next week's uh, PBIS uh, meeting. And I said, okay, what is the one critical thing right now? And K through second, they said, Serato, I am not connecting with my kids. Yeah. Um, I am not connecting with parents. Um, I am, I'm feeling so disconnected. I am not feeling this fire in my gut and in my heart that I have for this every day. Every day. Right, right. So that, that relationship part is, is challenging. If Very I much correctly. so. Very much so. So what advice would you give somebody that uh, comes to you and says, you know, I, I – I'm, I'm just not making that connection. I'm not, I don't feel like I'm doing that. Maybe they are, but they're second guessing themselves. What, mm-hmm. what advice would you give them? So that is something that we are going to tackle as a staff. Um, I, I don't think as an administrator, you can ever say, you know, oh, let's just do this. I think that we bring the staff in and we say, okay, these are the problems that we're having. Let's brainstorm and let's come up with a plan together. And that's going to be the plan for Wednesday um, where we are going to be saying, what would be one way that we could, kind of start connecting with the kids at a different level. And so in my conversations just today, about an hour ago, um, we were thinking about how do we use the BIT? So perhaps during, during the asynchronous time, we call in, um, call it a, like a friendship circle where we have a session where kids just check in. If they want to see friends from other classes, we are going to play um, games that are online together. So that way we can connect in a way um, through school under the supervision of the BIT, and this way we can observe and provide a way to connect with students. And that was an idea that came up just like in the hallway. 
So it's always just relying on that, but making sure like we're thinking out of the box. We right. have to think out of the box right now. Right. And, and be collaborative, I would imagine. Definitely. So, we can yeah. do this on our own. That is, that's great to hear that that's happening at, at such an organic level that mm-hmm. whatever happens and you guys talk about it and discuss it. Um, what would you say is your, your biggest challenge that you're faced with trying to implement some of these ideas? You know, um, for the type of community that I work with um, right now is connectivity. Um, okay. Right now, I just came back from somebody's porch because the hotspot is not working. So we're trying to connect to the neighbor's Wi-Fi. And the mom, the grandmother was so determined. She says, you're not leaving unless you get this baby connected because he <laughs> hasn't been connected for two days. So it's the, connecti- the connectivity and then um, the caretakers being able to maneuver the, uh, the technology and making right. sure the kids are logging on. That's the biggest challenge right now. So um, I'm planning to... Um, we got to move beyond just providing this, like call this phone number. We got to find a way that we are connecting safely with families and providing them with the services that they need um, because it's not meeting the needs of our low socioeconomic uh, families. Right. And with the way things are going, this is probably not going away anytime soon. Sure. Yeah. So we start planning for that. Mm -hmm. So you kind of touched on a little bit here as we wind towards the back end of this. Um, so let's say I'm a I'm a first through fourth year teacher, and I, you know, well, all of us are actually first year teachers now. Right now, yes. Right. So, and you have somebody who's who's nervous, who's apprehensive, who's, you know, the confidence is there. What advice would you give to a, a new educator? And it doesn't necessarily have to be a teacher. It could be a new administrator. It could be a new BIT. Uh, anybody who's new in education, mm-hmm. what advice would you give them? I wish somebody would have told me this um, back in 2001 when I started doing this uh, for Visalia Unified. And I don't remember if you were there on La Jolla with me when we were we were there, right? Yep. I, I was so afraid of those middle schoolers. I was afraid of them overtaking my classroom. And, you know, I, I wanted to be in control. And I was tough and I was a sergeant and I was mean. Uh, when actually everybody just every just wants to just feel valued and connected, and when you provide um, that friendship, that openness, and full acceptance of a kid, they will eat out of your hand. Right. And I didn't get that until year five. <laughs> and what a disservice! I always uh, tell people they should make me write apology letters for oh, my kids my uh, for my first four years. <laughs> Um, I think that uh, that is the main thing is seeking to build that relationship that is genuine. Um, I think that when kids notice when you're faking it and um, yeah. there are those kids that um, there, some, there are some kids that are going to be hard to love. Mm-hmm. And I always got look for one thing, whether it's, well, he has a great smile. This kid dresses nicely. The hair. Have you seen this kid's hair? I don't know. You right. just look something positive in that kid and you have to latch on to that. Um, that is one of the things that I can tell you that has served me well um, in middle school and now in elementary. When kids feel loved and valued, they are in. They are yeah. in for you as far as academics, as far as behavior. Um, I, I have um, a situation where this kid was throwing chairs across the room one day and I just come in like 10 minutes later. I don't know what I was. And the kid sees me and you can see his demeanor just... It's like, oh, you're here. 
And I just extended my hand and I said, come here, mijo, let's go outside. And he just put his little hand in my hand and we walked outside. And, and so it was the power of relationship. So yeah. I, that's the best advice I can give anybody. And that takes time. Uh, that takes experience. Like you said, five years, I was probably around like seven or eight. It takes time. It takes experience. And so that's great advice. I mean, that, that uh, you know, it's too bad. They, they probably touch on that in their teacher courses, but you really don't have it, I don't think, until you actually experience it. Mm-hmm. And you're right. There are some students that are just easy to get along with and others you have to like, okay, I need to be equitable here. And I, <laughs> that's right. And I need to be, I need to be fair and I need to be, you know, so yeah. that's a very, very good point. So anything else you'd like to add or uh, share with anybody listening to this? Um, one of the things that I think is super important because you, you mentioned the, um, the word equity. Um, I think that when people, people know me who I worked with for so many years, they would not argue that I'm a student advocate, right? right? that I will fight for a kid, I will bend backwards for a kid. Um, but I want people to realize that we have to be aware of um, our implicit biases sometimes and how our beliefs and our perceptions about people can sometimes hinder how much, how well we do a job for a student. Let me give you the best example. When I was an ELD teacher at La Jolla and I was also teaching a pre-AP English class, um, very different populations that I was serving. And when I was trying to get the second language learners into the pre-AP class, I found myself with a lot of uh, people telling me, this kid is not ready. They are not ready to join this class. And I was the way that I went about it, I was like, well, just cut them a chance. They're growing. They, 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 I mean, they're a level three now and they, they, they're going to get it. They just need somebody to help them. Right. Right. When actually I should have been saying everybody's capable, but it's up to us to make sure that we empower them and provide them the right tools. So in my way of advocating was a little bit feeling sorry, perhaps for them and kind of maybe even perhaps lowering the standards a little bit when it should have been raised making sure that I brought up my colleagues to do that. And so that's a, that's the biggest reflection that I had had in the last few months on Scott, where I was probably not advocating the right way without the equity. I was advocating for students individually, not really making sure that everybody that's had excellent access. That is very interesting. And I, and I, I would imagine you're probably not the only one. I think a lot of us have those types of biases, you know, built into us and, and we advocate and maybe we advocate, but maybe in a, we could do it in a better way, mm-hmm. you know, a more effective way. So, yeah, thank you for sharing that. I, I appreciate that. And that's and that's the thing about this podcast. I I like the honesty and it's upfront. You know, it's like a conversation in in a, in a conference room. Mm-hmm. You can't edit that conversation. And so the podcast is, is in the same format. I don't mm-hmm. want to. Anything I edit is if I get a glitch in the system and I have to chop stuff out. But thank you for being that that honest, candid person. So now I'm going to shift gears and make kind of on a personal side, but not too personal. <laughs> so the, the final thoughts, I always ask the same questions and to every participant, mm-hmm. what book or article are you currently reading right now? <laughs> so I'm going to tell you the five books that I don't mind. Nice <laughs> so okay. one, that I, one that I'm planning to use um, with my staff, because I think it's critical for us to read it is. And really I'm um, thinking through the equity lens 
in uh, making sure we have those um, systems that um, ensure that student is um, getting high quality education and, and, and truly a way to, to reduce the, the achievement gap. Um, reading this book really made me realize that for the 20 some years that I've been in education, I've always heard of the achievement gap mm-hmm. and we keep throwing money at it. We keep trying programs, program this and programs that. And I realized that it's not about the programs. It's about the people. Yeah. It's about the mindset and it's about the, the passion, the commitment and the time and energy that you're going to put into this. And more than anything, it's the persistence. So that's one of my favorites lately. I'm also reading Courageous Conversations, and okay. so it doesn't talk about equity. But uh, another one that I'm reading is um, How to Be an Anti-Racist. Um, and then the other, yeah, because I have to have yeah. that balance. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm reading a, a Magic Mag- Angelou, a letter to my daughter, because my daughter is about to turn 21 oh, years my old. Goodness. I know. So I'm like, yeah. oh, this is so crazy. So anyway, so those are the books that I'm so reading. So you're reading, you're reading until it balances you out. Yes, I have to. That's good. Do you have a favorite quote that you rely on? My favorite is um, every kid needs a champion. Oh. And that is the one thing that I, I have to make sure that I tell my teachers, um, everybody. I, this is the speech that I give all of my, my staff, from the secretary to my janitor to my aides. I said, we're all in this together because the one that I don't catch, you will. Even yeah. my cafeteria lady, I said, you, you look at that baby in the eyes and you tell him good morning. And if he's having a bad day, you better make that day for that boy. If he <laughs> wants extra corn on his tray, you give him extra corn. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, I said, because I don't see those things and you have to let me know because we, it, it is, in, it's critical for all of us to do this together. So that is such a, a great quote, great foundation. And you're, you're absolutely right. Everything about that is absolutely correct. So the last piece here is since we are in this technology type teaching, um, I, obviously Zoom's our big thing, but what program specifically do you rely on to help you get things done effectively? So, you know, I, I just recently learned how to do um, Screencastify because I am teaching parents on how to do this. I, I really believe in empowering parents. And so I'm sending all of these videos, but I can tell you that the one little app that is changing the way that I'm communicating with parents because that is critical right now is Dojo. I have 97% of my parents signed, logged on and checking my messages. Wow. So I've become this little, uh, I walk around with my video and I record myself <laughs> and I upload them. Parents, we're here handing out books, come on over. And I do it in Spanish and in English and people are commenting. I release my uh, Google Forms on Dojo, and I say, come on, just give me feedback for our Title I. I had had so much feedback, like you will not believe. I have 52 responses when before I used to beg to get 10 or 15 in back, at back-to-school night. That is, those numbers, 97, 52, those are phenomenal numbers when it comes mm-hmm. to interaction. That is fantastic. So Dojo but, is your go-to. Oh, yes, definitely. And so whenever I have, like, um, I check through the classes, and if the teacher doesn't have at least 97% of uh, um, parents signed up, I'm making phone calls personally. Hey, <laughs> can I send you this app, and I, can I send you this link? And they're like, okay. And I said, no, it's, you're going to love it, really. We're going to be in touch with you. And he's, the people sometimes are very eager, and sometimes they're like, are you sure? And I said, yep. Otherwise, I'm going to be calling you. Which one do you want? (laughs) There you go. There's your options. There's your choices. (laughs) Well, very good. I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, I know you're busy. 
Uh, everybody's, I understand. But thank you for taking the time to, to talk with me and share your insight. And I hate to do this to you, but if somebody wants to reach out to you and get a hold of you, what's the best way they can do that? You know, it should be an email. That is the easiest way. Or they can just actually, my phone number, I even give it to my parents. Okay. Um, they can text me. Um, so you can post it out there. I gave it to you. Okay. Um, just put it out there because really, um, I think that the best way to do this right now, to do it well, this distance learning, we all need to just be connected, yeah. um, help each other. And um, we do have a great administrative team. Um, I think that we just have to do this together and get our heads together and let's just go so that we can push through. Sounds good. Well, I'll post that in the show notes. So you will have your information posted there. And again, thank you for taking the time to do that. I I really appreciate it. It's good to see you too. It's good to see you as well, Scott. Thank you for inviting me. All right. Have a good week. (laughs) You too. Bye. Thank you for joining us on today's episode. We'd like to thank our guests for their time and input. If you would like more information about equity and SEL, please visit our website at sites.google.com backslash vusd.us backslash equity and student services department backslash home. Equity and student services department is all one word. And thank you again for joining us. May the rest of your week have many wins. Stay safe, take care of yourself, and take care of each other.